Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. This is a, an addition to the episode we have already recorded today, Ari, because we talked Jim Harbaugh in that episode, but that was before the news came out that Michigan had received a notice of allegations involving some stuff, analyst coaching, improper contacts during a dead period. But the big one, Jim Harbaugh accused of misleading NCAA investigators and Boy, that took us down memory lane. Yeah, well, we're wearing the same stuff, so that's good. And we're full of tacos, but it did. I, I, Andy, I remember I was a year into being a journalist. You're covering, covering Ohio, Ohio State, State yep. when this happened. And I remember the feeling. You're talking about Jim Trestle. Jim Trestle in, two, in yeah. 2011. The feeling of what was going on there and the magnitude of that because of the temperament of the sport mm-hmm. at the time. Any NCAA violation or anything. It was a huge deal. A huge deal, like like weeks, months of the main story. So tonight when I read the, the notice of allegations that Michigan received and that the big number one violation and not the two violations was that Jim Harbaugh was non-cooperative or misled the NCAA. I had a flashback going back to 21 year old self in my room, like afraid to go out to like the press (laughs) conference. Cause you know, when you were a kid and you were first started doing this, like how everything was so much. And I was just like working at a a small town place and no one was reading it anyway, but like, it was such a big deal. And now that I'm like 35 years old and this is 11 years ago now or, or whatever it is, like, I just laughed. Like, is that like when I read this? Like, I well, was like, no, because the world has changed. Too. Yeah. So I, I was working at SI. I had been at SI for about three years when this happened. And I remember writing stories. I, I never wrote anything that said Jim Trestle should be fired. But I had enough people telling me, you know, people who either worked at the NCAA or who worked at schools who had been through similar investigations. They're like, they're like, dude, they're going to fire him. Yeah. And I'm like, really? And like, Yeah. And I, I did actually did a study using the NCAA's database. This was in March of 2011. And there were, I think, something like 82 cases where a, a coach or an athletic director had been accused of misleading NCAA investigators. And so like 79 of them had been fired over it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was wild. It was it was considered kind of the mortal sin, like the one it, if they couldn't catch you red handed doing some doing what they were accusing you of. If they caught you red handed lying, that was it. Now we're looking at it like eh, if if it does separate Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. My guess is it it's because he takes an NFL job, not yeah. because he. He gets fired over it. It's just like, I don't know. It's so easy to just be like, ah, who cares? Like, I, cause I literally don't care no, at all. Um, and it's such a different perspective than what it was like but 11 if you're an years Ohio ago. State fan, you care. Cause a, a coach yeah, you probably yeah. really liked got canned over this when now everybody's like, well, who cares? What? A, this isn't a big deal. It, it was interesting. I was reading up on, you know, reading some of the old stuff I wrote back then. And I had completely forgotten that was the same year that Bruce Pearl got fired. Mm -hmm. So Bruce Pearl got fired from Tennessee a few months before Jim Trestle got fired at Ohio State. Same thing lying in NCAA investigators. It was uh, actually Ohio State was involved. Well, not not involved, but a player who wound up playing for Ohio State. It was did Aaron Kraft come to a cookout, not a barbecue, a cookout. (laughs) Yeah, I remember this now. At Bruce Pearl's house and Pearl got caught. Pearl got fired by Tennessee. I think firing Bruce Pearl ultimately cost Mike Hamilton the AD job at Tennessee. But like you, you flash forward a few years and and not all the way to now. But when the FBI thing happens, Chuck Person was on mm-hmm. Bruce Pearl's staff at Auburn, got arrested by the FBI. And there was this big investigation. And Auburn did everything it could to back Bruce Pearl in that one. Right. And I'm imagining Michigan will do everything to back Jim Harbaugh in this one. Yeah, I, I just like. You know, there's a certain faction of fans, Andy, that will be the rules are in place for a reason. Don't break the rules. Do things the right Right. way. Right. Right. But sometimes these rules are so hard to follow. And like, listen, the COVID one, if you go back and and like look at things that I said during that time, that's Herm Edwards with Air Force did it, I think. If you're going to do things that, you know, are are negative in terms of public safety, but like. All these level two violations, I think they signed four total top 100 players the last two years combined. Like, what 
what did any of this stuff even do they're, to benefit them? Right, they're like, not like, they're not committing what what the NCAA would consider mortal sins. Yeah, and also yeah. too, like anything that Michigan accomplished the last two years, I would probably say that zero percent of that was lifted or boosted by anything that is being discussed in these yeah. allegations. But it's, it's so it's, it's just like what what are we what are we even doing here? What are we even doing here? <laughs> yeah, like it's like I don't know. Yeah. And maybe is it just the NCAA's day is done? Yes. Yeah. The the world has changed. And and I remember the first thing I wrote off that Ohio State thing when all that stuff first came out, and this is before I knew about the Trestle stuff. Mm-hmm. This is before that that had become public. But the first thing I wrote, I think the first three words of the column were GoPro now. And I was talking about Terrell Pryor and DeVere yeah. Posey and the, the players who'd been caught up in that whole thing. Because it was I just thought it was stupid that they were they were getting vilified for selling their own possessions. And which, it, by the way, how can you even in America stop somebody from well, doing that? But you know like, what pissed me off the most about all of that is that they're saying this thing's so bad. But the Big Ten and Ohio State cooked up a way for those guys to play yeah. in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, right. Because they needed to. They needed, they needed the, to win. They needed against the, Arkansas. Yeah. Well, and, they wanted the television they race. And they got suspended retroactively. Yeah. You got to play in the game. That's the money grab. Yeah. And then after we grab the money, then you can go. Yeah. Then, and play. then you're suspended for five. The other thing that really pissed me off about that one is. Didn't the NFL make Terrell Pryor sit five games? Yes, like, yes, yeah. He had to do the supplemental break, draft. He didn't even break a law. He didn't break a law. Like, he what if he would have come NCAA back? Like, what if he would have come back and developed for another year? Uh, I don't know. Like, sometimes you wonder. And like, Terrell Pryor was a legitimate a, number one receiver for a year. He had a with nice, the Browns. Yeah, yeah. nice career. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I just like wonder, like, anybody whose career was off track because of that. It's just so unbelievably un-American. Like, yeah. like really, when you like it's, have the perspective so that you have stupid. now, like I wish I knew what I knew now back then, because the column I would write is, why are we mad about this? Like, if any, did anybody write that in 2011 or would it have just been like such a absurd thought? I, I wrote about how I, I one thing I wrote when they had Trestle resign was essentially Ohio State is throwing him under the bus. Yeah. Like and, and then I wrote when. Because I went to his his committee on infractions hearing, which we're not allowed into, but I was I was at the hotel in Indianapolis where it was happening. I wrote that if you think that Ohio State's not getting penalized, they did because they had to fire Jim Tressel. Yeah, they lost their coach. <laughs> like now, yeah. no one could have known that Urban Meyer would make them better. Yeah, the, but I mean, it worked out for Ohio but at State. The time when but, you have to yeah. get rid of a guy who's as, as successful as Tressel, that's a huge penalty. Yeah, it, it just is just remarkable about. You know, the fact that he was there for, you know, a decade and the stuff that he did while he was there on the field, they, they won a national title. They beat Michigan, I believe, was it eight or nine times? Um, you know, from a coaching perspective, the man was peak Ohio State Nirvana. He understood the place. He understood the traditions. Yeah. He grew up like, I mean, if you're looking for a coach that has ties to your university and under like, that's like a, a thing yeah. that we talk about with a, like Trestle fit Ohio State now, at that time, like a glove. And then you can't talk about him now without mentioning that. Well, and it I wasn't wonder, the end of his world. Remember, what is he yeah. now? He's a university yeah. president. Yeah, so. I think he is. He still or, or he, he, he might became have, Youngstown. Yeah, State's he was president. Youngstown State's president. Yeah. I'm not saying his life was over, but obviously he didn't want to stop being Ohio State's coach. And like, I always feel bad for people who have careers in something where they do something forever or for a long period of time. They become beloved and then they make a mistake and then they are no longer that person to the place that they gave but their I, life I to. I don't think they are. I think Jim Tressel still is that person. To most yes, and I, ho- I hope so. But I think he should so. be that person to everybody else, too. So Craig Smith, interesting. And, and it's Craig's right on this. Other than a Dave Bliss, which is the Baylor basketball, yep. uh, Jerry Sandusky, Art Browse type of situation where felonies are being committed within a program. Are there any sins a program could commit that would truly merit NCAA sanctions? Well, the thing is, the felony stuff doesn't merit NCAA sanctions either because there's no that's not the NCAA's bailiwick. That's not what they do. But I do think. And this is this is interesting that Craig brings this up. So just from a timing perspective, when did the Sandusky stuff come to light? That was a few years November, after November 2011. Oh, it was the same year. Same year. I oh, think wow. I think that changed the view on all this stuff. Because yeah, because like you look at like, those three scandals that he terrible. just posted up on the thing there. Who really cares about this? Other yeah, who stuff? cares about what Terrell Pryor did? He didn't even ever get a tattoo. Like, who cares what he did? Uh, when you're talking about actual real life, disgusting felonies and the, the thing that, I mean, I tried to reach out to Terrell and I talked to him a few times on Twitter 
while the COVID stuff was happening mm-hmm. to try to get him to talk to me about how dumb it is. And he, yeah. he never he never followed through with an interview. But like, I do feel bad for some of those guys. He, he wasn't allowed to come to Ohio State for a, a while. Yeah. It's his like relationship not being allowed to go to his relationship USC. with Ohio State is fractured. I think when I covered them, I covered them for nine more years after that happened. And I don't think I ever saw him there once. Yeah. And it's like, why? Because he sold stuff that belonged to him. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is truly amazing. So let's get this back to Harbaugh. Yeah. You'll hear later in the show where I'm reacting to Jim Harbaugh's statement from Thursday, which obviously came out knowing all this other stuff was about to come out. Sure. Yep. Does this change anything for you on that? I mean, the only thing that that could change, I guess, is if we're still in a place where you believe that Michigan takes this as seriously as even or half as seriously as we did 11 years ago. I don't think they will. And if they will, if they don't, don't then it really doesn't change anything for me. I think they should be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, if he wants to take an NFL job, what are uh, they going to do? Suspend him for three games? Even then, who who would even care if they're, right. if they're non-conference schedules? It's, it's like, like this past year's. Yeah, it, it you know, really doesn't yeah, matter. So I don't know. And it's just like also too like the buzz online about it. You know, there's people it's, talking about it or whatever, yeah. but it's like, if, could you imagine if this same thing happened Ugh. in 2011? It would be the same thing that happened. Maybe not as severe. It is amazing how fast it all fell apart for the yeah. NCAA in terms of its power and 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 just, just societally people to start catching on how much we, they did yeah was, how much we care about this stuff you know if you want to read something that that feels really strange now go back and read the sports illustrated game story on florida state winning the national title after the 1993 season okay they make those guys getting a chance to go to footlocker and buy some stuff sound like they had committed murder yeah, I mean, it's like the great it's the greatest scandal in American history. I mean, like when it, you think about it, it's incredible. Or not scandal. I mean, it's scam. a scam. It's scam. A, yeah. yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, yeah. Racket. It's basically. Yeah, it's basically them trying to keep the athletes because it's not only it's it hasn't yeah. ever always just been against the rules. Yeah, it's the criminalization of a very normal activity. Right. Right. You know, I sold, Giving jo- I sold to Jordans someone the market on eBay. Values. Yes, exactly. Am I like a bad person because I sold a pair of shoes online? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And it, if I want a ring and I wanted to sell it, then it's my prerogative to do that. It's my ring. Exactly. And and so I'm glad everybody's gotten this figured out. I This does retroactively make me feel bad for Jim Tressel. Yeah. I mean, he's I mean, I sometimes like to picture him like in his house. And this isn't the first time that something like this has happened that you can correlate back to him. Right. But he's like, probably like slang there next to his wife. Like how stupid I know Like, could you imagine the stress that that family was under 10 if years ago? Had, and if this had happened even five years later, it just would have been eh, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel bad that, you know, the world works the way that it works, but like who would have known if they would have stayed, yeah. you know, so 10 if, more if years. If you're or, Harbaugh you know, though, and, and now you're dealing with this and, and clearly this is something he's had to deal with in the previous few months, do you just go, okay, fine. I'll go, co- I'll go co- coach the Colts. And they don't ask me about this. Stuff. I mean, if that's the type of thing that, you know, somebody t- tweeted on the internet, like, have you ever asked Jim, um, Jim Harbaugh a question, like on a teleconference? I I've been in his office. So, but that setting would be different. Cause if you're talking, no, no, it's still, <laughs> have you ever tried to get him just to answer a benign question he about anything? He doesn't, he do doesn't it. cooperate yeah. with just like, so how did you guys recruit right, right. Michigan this year? Yeah. So he's not going to do it. So how's he going to cooperate with the NCAA? Exactly. Do you think he cares? Yeah. So like, it's just, you know, he's a different type of cat and you know, he, he approaches questions in the way that they should be answered in his own way. Yeah. Regardless of whether they're, they're now, inflammatory or not. Excuse not telling the truth. No, no, of course but. not. And it's like, I don't know. Like, there is a line here of like, do you just completely dismiss it and say, I don't care? Or is there a penalty? No, or a, I, I, a, there's a, a there's ramification. A yeah, there's a penalty, but I don't think it's going to be anything anybody considers serious if there's a penalty. Yeah, like, a, but like, is a three game suspension serious? I think it's pretty serious in terms of the what 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 we're talking about. Yeah, but like, I would think that that's a pretty serious penalty. It, it feels like it fits. Yeah. Or maybe even a little, a little strong. That's what I'm saying. But like it, maybe but 11 years ago, it would have been like, oh, he's getting fired. And uh, seriously, 11 years ago, the same thing happens. If it's Jim, if it's the Michigan coach instead of the Ohio State coach, the same thing would have happened. The coach would have been fired. Well, the funny thing, too, is when you think about the allegations that they were, he supposedly was misleading about. Mm-hmm. If he would have just been like, yeah, we did it. Yeah, who cares? Like nothing would have happened. Right. So, like, what's the point of even lying? And, and that's and that's the same thing with the Trestle stuff. Yeah, which 
maybe he didn't realize that at the time. Well, at the time, I think what he was trying to do was to isolate his player to shield his players. Right. From the NCAA but because not, he didn't want not them realizing to, they were already caught. They were already caught. Yeah. And then it, he got caught up trying to protect Which his that's players. That's what that was. Yes. That's what those questions. I remember reading those transcripts and going, oh, well, the investigators already knew this stuff. They're just trying to see if he'll lie, he'll about, lie it. about it. Yeah. yeah. And he, he stepped into the trap and. But like, if you were ever to ask Jim Trestle in an honest moment, I don't know that he's ever discussed this on the record with anybody, but I think that his point of view was, this is a problem. They can't be doing this, but the NCAA acts irrationally about this. I'm not throwing the them under the yeah, bus. No, no, I understand We'll that. handle this the way we yep. want to handle it. They're selling their own stuff. And yeah. then what that turned into was a, because his relationship with Terrell Pryor was unlike any relationship with the player that I think he had otherwise. Right. And I, I think almost like borderline father figure to him. And I understand, like, if that was my kid or my player, I might have done the same thing. So, yeah. like, I. Well, and that's that's the thing. He didn't have very good advice. And I think now the the, the coaches come more equipped because they, they hire their own lawyers in, instead of the school providing, you know, the compliance guy just saying, do this, now do this. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that would have happened in a more sophisticated environment. Right. So it, it's very strange. And. We'll have to see what happens with Jim Harbaugh down down the road. Like we say later in the podcast, the NFL's Black Monday is coming up this coming Monday. Jobs will be open. We'll see if he actually interviews for him. That statement came out Thursday, knowing all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, five hours out. earlier. Yeah, yeah, knowing all this other stuff was coming out. So I still think it means he plans to be at Michigan. I think it would be a travesty if this thing was the reason why he decided to leave. Well, we'll we'll see how people react. It, judging by the public reaction, it's not eleven years Seems ago. Seems pretty benign. Yeah. Yep. So we will talk to you again. Uh, we'll talk to you again on Friday, and uh, going to experience the LA Taco experience with us on Friday, and uh, you're going to really, really enjoy mm-hmm. that. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. You can see the, the runway from LAX out it's, my window. Uh, it's been raining nonstop on the West Coast for, you know, the last eight days. And Andy flies in and the sun pokes out. It's a coincidence. I think I, I not. Know. It actually happened as we landed. Like the clouds broke. Yeah. The sun came through. It was amazing. This is the best place in the world. Um, we've never done a podcast live from Norman together. Uh, but I'm happy, that I'm happy that we're doing it here. And, and you know, maybe one day we'll do one from Norman and we can compare. We are not at Lincoln Riley's house, by the way. No, we're, we're near LAX, which is still probably more beautiful than Norman. I was right? going to do one. Out. Listen, I love Norman. I, I appreciate Norman in ways that you never can. I was just kidding, by the way. I know Norman's pretty. They, yeah. You know, and it's on way. Where in this giant megalopolis do you get free queso? Because every Mexican restaurant in Norman gives you free queso. Every single one. Well, I think we might find out later today if we can get some free queso. Ooh, we will talk about that a little later in the yeah. show. And, uh, and and maybe you get a little bonus episode out of that, too. Uh, we're going on a taco tour of Los Angeles. Our friend Dan Rubenstein from the Solid Verbal, the OG college football podcaster. Yes, there, there are other college football podcasts, and maybe you listen to them. Hopefully you listen to Dan's because he's taking us on a taco tour. Yeah, and it's very good. Also, it's great. Yeah, and so we'll see. If we probably would are... be doing this if, if he and Ty hadn't started it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, true. This is interesting. I, I had to talk you off the ledge last night, Ari. You called me, and uh, yeah, everybody had listened to the Stars Matter episode that, that dropped on Wednesday. And if you haven't listened to that, by all means, please go back. It's our intervention, me, Mitch Light, and, and Max trying to help Ari through the possibility that the number 32 team in the 24-7 team talent composite might win the national title. But you are tired of being the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you are not Al Pacino and Scarface. Mm-hmm. You, you, you are not encouraging people to make you the bad guy. No, I, I just feel like every single time we do an episode, there's something about my temperament that makes people lose their minds. And I don't know uh, what that is, Andy. And maybe it's just strong, pointed opinions about who can win games mm-hmm. before they happen. Yeah. You know? And, you know... Most of the time, those are correct just because. But it makes them extra happy, the folks, when something yeah. like TCU over Michigan happens. Yeah. But yeah. People want to believe that grit and determination can overcome sheer talent, which actually explains Michigan over Ohio State as well. Right. Yeah. And it, it's, I don't know, along the lines, I guess, from being so uh, stubborn about it and so pointed about it that it's like kind of lost in translation that people think that I don't think it can happen or that it's pot. Like it's impossible that a team with less talent can 
Of course not. But we're going to be analyzing a game here this week um, in L.A. between a team that has a star talent advantage, and I want to do it in the right way. And I want to help you. I want you to guide me through it because the truth is TCU probably has one player on its entire team that would start at his same position on Georgia. Quentin Johnson. Is that the one he'd be? I, I think he's better than all of Georgia's receivers. Okay. Yes. So, so, yes. so at least there's one. Now, but maybe he's not that, a better catcher of the ball than uh, overall than Brock Bowers. But would but he start he's not on this end. team? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. 100%. So I think he's one. And if it, maybe it goes to two, you can make a case that maybe Max Duggan is a better quarterback than Stetson Bennett. Though. Oh boy, the Stetson Bennett is going to come after yeah. you on that one. No, I'm saying you, <laughs> yeah. you, if you want to try to like make TCU look as favorable as possible, that could be a discussion. So to me, how do I cover this event with you? How do I podcast with you without just automatically assuming that Georgia is going to win by a hundred, even though that's what I think. And everyone knows, I think it's what Vegas thinks too. Like that's the thing. Vegas is usually right too. So it would be the outlier result. If TCU wins, it would be, it's okay to admit that. I also think it's okay to admit that it would be the most remarkable national championship run in the history of the sport. It would. Absolutely. So so like, I don't know why people get angry at me for not predicting that the thing that (laughs) would be the most remarkable thing in the history of the sport like, why am I, well, am I supposed to think that's going to happen? All you're doing is jacking up the stakes. I understand that. I, 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 I appreciate that. You, you are helping the people jack up the stakes so that if the improbable happens, they can be even happier and they have someone to direct their, their, yeah. So like, let's like, let's making actually, fun of that. Let's like walk through this. Andy, okay. Let's do it. Talk. TCU wins 31 to 28 last second field goal, hard fought game yes. back and forth touchdown. Trading touchdowns till the end. We're writing books about it. Somebody makes a movie about it. Everybody is going to immediately go, look, Ari, you're a dumbass. Yes. This happens. You're a moron. Stars don't matter and all the things. And it's like, when that happens, like, I understand. Like, that's fine. Do it. If I'm the punching bag. But like, do you think, do people think that I'm weird for thinking what I think? Like Some people do. There are some people who who just don't want to believe in raw data. It's the same people that yell at our friend Bill Connolly from ESPN every year when he puts out S&P Plus. They don't want to believe in raw data. It bothers them that S&P Plus has so many SEC teams near the top of it. Because the way I view it and the reason why I got all worked up with you last night is that I feel like I say things that are just facts and true. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I have takes. Oh, I'm not saying, no, but I'm saying like, I don't want to get too far down a road here, Ari, but we live in a time when people don't like it when facts mess with what they want the world yeah, to be. I, mean, I don't think that I <laughs> so, say anything all that crazy. And, and I'm not, I'm not making that as a, a political statement. I'm not aiming at any particular direction. I feel like everybody's gotten that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a simple statement. If you think Georgia has a better player starting on its team at most positions or 21 out of the 22 starting play, why would you predict TCU? To yeah. Win? I'll, I'll want this to be one, a Disney movie? I will add one more. Dylan Horton. So let's say 20 out of 22. Hey, you know what? Let's be really nice and say 17 out of 22. I want it to be a Disney movie. (laughs) Yeah, people want it to be a Disney movie. And you know what? Maybe maybe it will be. But Stetson Bennett's a Disney movie unto himself. Yeah, but we already saw it. I know. We already saw that movie. Uh, And I I, I just uh, it blows my mind having gone back to that drunk interview. You know, in the drunk interview after the national title, like the morning after he's like, I don't know if I'm playing for Georgia next year. And I don't know if I can trust these coaches. Like he's a freaking legend for that. (laughs) I I will say that, like, I feel like sometimes who I am on this podcast is like if some guy stood up in the middle of a in the beginning of a Disney movie in a theater where there's a bunch of kids in there. Bambi's mom's going to die. Yeah, this isn't true. Uh, this isn't going to, this isn't how it works. You know, in the real little mermaid, she dies. Because I do think that there is a, a theme with sports writers in general of like wanting to cling to the warm story. Everybody wants to be, everybody wants well, to believe yeah, everybody, we don't root for teams. We root for stories. That's I, yeah. our jobs easier. If this is the better story. So, happens. so what would make me a better analyst than on this show to be a part of the fun and to be somebody who just goes, yeah, how awesome would that? Be? No, what would it make you happen, a better person just, on this show? Yeah. This particular show is lean the heck into it. Okay. I Be just the like, I read the pull, reviews. Pull the pull like, the Tony Montana. I see the angle. You want comments. the bad guy? Here's the bad guy. I just don't even feel like it's that weird. Be the bad and maybe guy. it's because I'm Jim Harbaugh. We, Jim Harbaugh weird. You are Jim. Jim Harbaugh doesn't think he's weird either. Yeah. So maybe I am. I don't know. It's just like I feel like I'm like looking out and, and I'm saying, Andy, the sky is blue. 
And then you look at the sky and you go, well, actually, sometimes it's red when the sun sets. It's a little greenish sometimes right it's now. Cotton yeah. can- like, it's like, okay, but like, let's try to. But I'm here, so I'm it saying. is blue. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned Jim Harbaugh, and I'm glad you did because Jim Harbaugh is in the news. I'm the king of the transition. As we way. record. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're going to get you into the next commercial break. Yeah. You know, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> but Jim Harbaugh released a statement about all of the, uh, the rumors about him in the NFL. And. If you listen to him, I think it was a teleconference prior to the Fiesta. It was when they announced the matchup in the Fiesta Bowl. They had a teleconference that night, and he answered this question in basically the same way. But So now he's doubled down on this. Here is the full text of the statement. I am aware of the rumors and speculation over the past few days. College and NFL teams have great interest in all our personnel, from players to coaches and staff. Humble brag. And I truly believe that is a testament to the strength of our University of Michigan football program. As I stated in December, while no one knows what the future holds, I expect that I will be enthusiastically coaching Michigan in 2023. I have spoken with President Santa Ono and Athletic Director Ward Manuel and appreciate their support of me and our program. Our mission as Wolverines continues, and we're preparing for the 2023 season with great passion and enthusiasm. As our legendary coach, Bo Schimblecker, said, those who stay will be champions. He did pull the wall. No one knows what the future holds, but that sounds somewhat definitive right there. Yeah. And it's also like if Jim, Jim, we don't think Jim Harbaugh wrote that statement, right? So somebody else wrote it for him. We, we think um, he's had the same talking points because he used them again. But yeah, like what Jim Harbaugh says and how he says it doesn't have to jive with what we would normally anticipate in these situations either, because he says things differently than other people do. Yes. So I don't know that the door is open. Right, the door is open. The door is still I, open. He said, "While no one knows yeah. what the future, while no one knows if if Jim Ursay is going to offer me twelve million dollars a year to coach the Colts and give me full personnel control, yeah, because that might do it. <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I don't know if that'll do it or not. You know, while uh, nobody knows what the future holds, I anticipate making seventeen million dollars. Yeah, when I turn thirty-eight years old, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. It's like he probably." There is something to this, okay? Mm-hmm. There is an NFL thing here with him. Yes. So, like, it's definitive. It's happened in multiple years, multiple successful years. Not even a situation where you might as like where you would think, well, he has to get out now so he doesn't get fired. Like, I mean, they're they're ready to have him as the coach forever. So the fact that this continually happens means there is a pool there. Um, or Jim Harbaugh is really good at, at turning the screws on Michigan every year, which I do after a Big Ten championship too. Well, also too, like you know, he could be like harboring some like you guys took my money away when yeah. I wasn't holding up my end of the deal. So now it's your turn to pay, you know, as much as you possibly can in order to make me whole from that. You know, I don't know if the athletic took half of your salary away from you because some, some stuff didn't go right for you that yeah. year. And then you were up for a contract in two years after your two best years at the athletic. Oh, what yeah. did you do? I, I do the same thing, the so, same thing. And like our, our listener, Andrew said on, on the Monday show, it could be that he's trying to, to goose the NIL folks too. To get their asses in gear. Yeah. Like yeah, that, yeah. that's a thing coaches are going to have to do from now on. Yeah. You know, it, it depends on the school because some of them are, are more gung ho than others. But Michigan, uh, it seems like Ohio State's kind of in that boat. Notre I, Dame's I, in that boat. No, maybe a little product. Kind of, I think it's kind of a hard thing to do. Maybe you disagree with this to be an expert on which programs are actually best equipped. All we can do is read the tea leaves from yeah. an NIL. Standpoint. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, there are no experts in that, on that subject. We know who we talk to. We know what they say, but my understanding yeah. is that Michigan, while being one of the most wealthy right. universities in terms of boosters and money that they could throw at them, is more uh, by the book. They're more con- they're more conservative. conservative yes, than some of the but that they're so is Georgia, in. so so is Alabama, so is Ohio State, so is Notre Dame. I think it's more they are because they can be, and then you have the Oregon's and the Tennessees and the Texases that are trying to get get rolling again. That, that they're doing that because they more they have to. And some administrators are worried about potential rules being violated and then getting in trouble down the line too, right? Yeah, they, need, know to, they need to stop that because the NCAA is not going to do jack yeah, squat. Yeah, yeah, I don't know uh, if that's kind of the reason, but you know, I've, I've read with multiple programs that administrators are a little bit wary of the uh, inducement law and they don't want to be putting themselves in a well, position that, where... See, I'd be more worried about violating your own state law. And that is that yeah. varies from state to state. Right. And that's why certain states they're trying to, you know, schools are trying to rewrite the laws so that they, there's not a danger zone there. And that's that's a legit concern. Like, I wouldn't worry about the NCAA. But, yes, I would worry about potentially running afoul of my own state law. Yeah, because it's a felony, isn't it? It depends on the state. Yeah. In Florida, it is, I think. 
Yeah, the schools in Florida are working real hard to change that law. Yeah, right no, now. I can imagine. They're, yeah, they're not pleased. <laughs> so it's a, but it, it, it's that's another piece of this that going forward we're going to have to think about when these coaches do these leverage plays. And so thank you, Andrew, in our last uh, last episode for helping. Are really smart. I know they're smarter yeah. than us. That's what I. That's what I appreciate. So. Peter Hickson, this is a good one. As a Michigan fan, I know Harbaugh will never speak in absolutes. That's more than he said in the past, so I'm happy with it. I agree with you, Peter. He does not speak in absolutes, and I appreciate that because if you speak in absolutes, cough, cough, Nick Saban, I'm not going to be the Alabama coach, cough, cough. Like, you end up having to go back on that. And then whatever. And then a year I don't think Nick Saban cares, but (laughs) it's still there. If you don't care, then why do you have to be conservative? Now, the thing that I think is interesting is, is then what is the purpose of this statement to you? If it doesn't this really recruiting, but this is recruiting. so like if I were worried about recruiting, I'd be like, this is bull. I'm coming back. Like I would say it definitively, I, but, but he's not going to do that. But every, like, I think almost every other coach does do that. That's as far as Jim Harbaugh goes. But if you read this statement, the way that people are taking the statement, half of the people are like, that's the best he can do. And half yeah. the people are like, he's gone. I don't know that he's, I, he's see, like I'm with, I'm with Peter who has read a lot of and seen a lot of Jim Harbaugh talking. And that is Jim Harbaugh going 9.9 of 10. I mean, I'll just say this. I really hope he stays. I mean, this, this sounds like he's this. staying. Yeah. Yeah. We'll so, see. We'll see. But, you know, no one knows the future. Maybe somebody will throw that. Uh, he, that. he pulled that with the quarterback competition, too. And we're like, we know the future. He should have gone Bible verse. You on, have on said, segment, don't you think? Well, that uh, yeah. Bible verse would be the most appropriate. You would know this. Well, it's the, it's the same Solomon. Uh, um, oh, I'm blanking on the book of the Bible. Solomon wrote it. But it's the same one that he used to describe the quarterback competition. Well, the cutting the not the, the judgment of Solomon, different thing. Okay. This is this is a book that Solomon wrote. Now I'm completely blanking. Ecclesiastes, I think. Um, so. That's that's where he's at. That to me says he's staying. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I look like an idiot. But to me, my initial thought of it was that's nice. They did that. That didn't say anything. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the NFL Black Monday is coming up in a few days. Yeah, we will have a better idea. That's a big day for football, isn't it? (laughs) It is. I mean, it's a big day for jobs. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many is there. Okay. before we move on to Sam Hartman. Is there a college coach other than Jim Harbaugh that you can see getting an NFL job in this cycle? I don't know if there's one that's more qualified. There's definitely not one that's more qualified. Jim Harbaugh has taken a team to the Super Bowl. So Um, I'm trying to think who would be. Ryan Day was always out there, but I I don't think that's in the offing right now. Yeah, especially now. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We all you know, David Shaw was the one you brought up every year, but now I mean they went downhill at Stanford. He's resigned at Stanford. I'm, I'm just trying to think head coach here because isn't Lincoln Riley was a name that came up all the time, but then he took the USC job, so I, I can't imagine him leaving for a pro job. Yeah, the thing I don't know is I'm not an expert on NFL salaries, and like if an NFL coach, like it's, an NFL head coach, like, it's weird because I've asked agents about this. So there's like there's kind of a gulf there. So where the Belichick is higher than the highest college coach like that Belichick McVeigh group is is out there I'm sure Kyle Shanahan's in this group like way out there then you have the the range where the highest paid college coaches are then you have the range where all of the other NFL head coaches are. well do you know off the top of your head how much Jacksonville paid Urban Meyer it was like 10 million was was the reported so like, amount so it was a lot never of these confirmed. guys I bet you like because that would be a good litmus test getting a high profile college coach to come be the head coach of an yeah. NFL team I think would be a nice base, but, but I don't think the Bengals had when they hired Zach Taylor had to play anywhere near that. Right, right. So. But also the coaches that would be in a position to take an NFL job, the money difference between what they're getting paid at their current positions and what they'd be getting in the NFL isn't really that starkly different. You don't have to call sixteen. You don't have to call sixteen year olds. No, but you also probably are more likely to get fired faster than you are in college too. Absolutely. So there are some drawbacks. And there's there, no sentimentality. That's what Barry Switzer always said. Yeah. You know, Barry Switzer had the Cowboys job, and when Lincoln Riley was was at Oklahoma, and and there were, every so often the rumors would come out about Lincoln Riley and Cowboys. Barry Switzer would go, "You sure that's a better job? How long? How long well, are you going to have that job? How long? <laughs> like if Jim, let's just say if Jim Harbaugh." Like the two-year run that they just went on, and then they revert back to what they were the previous five years. Yeah, he would not be on the hot seat after the five. Like I think he could stay at Michigan now for his. Oh, life. he's yeah, he's set up. Like he's set for a long time. So if you want to put yourself in a position where you go to an NFL place, maybe they don't jive with your personality. Maybe your quarterback blows his knee out. You have two bad years, yeah. and then you're fired. Yeah, like that would be 
that would be awful for yeah. somebody who's in a position that so, he's in right now. So, BB in the chat asks this question, which is more hours now, NFL head coach or, or college head coach? It is college head coach, and it's not even close. It never was close, really. And, was right. It? it was always college head coach, but even more so now because the recruiting never stops. You're recruit, recruiting your own roster. I'll give you a story. So, after the national title game a couple of years ago, uh, I took the family on vacation. Uh, we went to Park City, Utah. I'm in the grocery store stocking up. The family's out skiing. I hear a voice behind me going, do you guys know where I can find some pine nuts? I turn around. It's Mike Vrabel. The The Titans had just been knocked out of the playoffs. Oh. So Mike Vrabel's, I guess, in Park City, probably with his family and, and doing some skiing. And, Did his and voice sound familiar making, to you? Is that what made you turn around? Uh, no, I just turned and looked and I'm like, oh my God, it's Mike Vrabel. He's yeah. very unmistakable. And so maybe he was making some pesto. I don't know. But <laughs> Pine nuts. Yeah, I've never bought pine nuts that, before. I, pesto is the only thing I, I could think you'd bought them for. But so... The, the moral of the story is a college coach would not be buying pine nuts at the grocery store in Park City, Utah. A college coach would be on the road recruiting. And like you, you would probably say like NFL draft prep, uh, NFL combine stuff, scouting. That's but, but that's nothing. Don't have, have as spring much to football do with that. Exactly. In the, in college. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, some do right. Some who have more more input on the personnel on their team than others. Yep. But they're all at the combine. They all have offseason OTAs and all the stuff because you know what's so funny about that, Andy? Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not true, but I feel like the hours that an NFL reporter has to put in is probably more than a college reporter because theirs never stops. Never. That. But now, like ours, ours, July and June, ours pretty, doesn't stop now. Yeah, it's, as it's of changing. as of about a year ago. But yeah. no, if you were Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter, like y- your nine phones never stop buzzing, right? Ever. Like we get July and and June too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's camp season, so that's true. That's true. All right, guys. When we come back. Big, big official transfer news. We've been talking about it for a while, but it became official on Thursday. We'll be right back. Welcome back. And our guy Vaughn in Iowa with a really interesting name in the chat, potential NFL coach, Lane Kiffin. And I know what you're thinking. Your first thought is, well, he he bombed with the Raiders. Why in the world? He bombed as a 34-year-old with the Raiders, Ari. Working for Al Davis. I feel like a lot has changed since then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you have thought differently about where he is as a SEC candidate after what happened to USC and Tennessee, right. you know, like how do you not change what you think about the potential NFL situation? You know, and also too, like he was the original young coach, right? Yeah, time, was I he mean, the youngest coach that had ever been hired in the NFL. I thought that he was. Mike, yeah, I think he's younger than Mike Tomlin was when he got hired by the Steelers, but it's close. And like. uh Sean McVay was 36 when he won yes. the Super Bowl. Was that yeah. how old he is? So, man, I mean, I don't know. This, now that he has all this experience, you know, he's not the young guy anymore. He's probably uh, well. You know, he's also managing a roster in college, kind of like you manage yeah. one in the NFL. Like we talked about it with him when we were at Oxford. And also, too, when you're an NFL coach, you don't have to worry about anybody on your team getting in trouble. No, you like just if cut they, them if, yeah, they if they do or whatever they do something, then you you know. It's handled like a business would handle it. So, you know, I, I could see it. And I think that he would be an attractive candidate, especially now that the NFL in general seems to be hiring a bunch of younger, handsome coaches. You know what I mean? Like, He's not a younger guy anymore. Yeah, He's in his he, mid 40s. 40s. Well, yeah. Fairly. He's young. like 46, 47. Yeah. He's older than me. So uh, it, it is going to be. I don't think any any sitting college head coach gets but hired. But he does kind of seem like he would fit in with like the offensive minded, just the way he carries himself. Yeah. Like it, it seems to fit the book on what NFL coaches have been, you know, like Sean McVay broke through and did what he did. And then like all of a sudden, like it was the cool thing to hire a young offense. Yeah. Now coach. the offense that, that Lane has taken to in college, I, I'm not sure how well it worked in the NFL. I mean, but you've got an air raid quarterback. I mean, who's the best player, you know, maybe the best player in the NFL right now. So it's the it's NFL, doable. Uh, the NFL needs a coach who will throw his clipboard in the air mid pass. That, that I mean, is absolutely true. I don't think there's anybody doing that right now in the yeah. NFL. So uh, other big news on Thursday, Sam Hartman made it official. He looks really good in a Notre Dame jersey. Well, it's kind of the same colors, almost. Black to black and gold it's to the gold. Navy and you gold. Know, it's the gold. He yeah, likes I mean, the gold, uh, obviously. Yeah, so um, Notre Dame getting a... Would you say that Sam Hartman's in the top 3% of quarterbacks in college football? I'd Is say that, so. I'd I mean, say, yeah, a, top I mean, 5% an, an for elite, sure. An elite-level quarterback to run the offense there. And we get to see him outside the confines of that Wake Forest offense, which he was great in, 
and which I love. I love that slow mesh, but it's it's a it's a different offense, and nobody else does it. So it does seem like a natural place to go. And I, I've never been to Wake Forest, so you tell me. But just like the the academic standards, kind of the way the university, like if you're going to go from Wake Forest to a powerhouse football program, like Notre Dame seems to me on the surface, at least it's going to be the feel most very similar. Yeah. yeah, but you're you're going to have probably going to have a little bit better offensive line. You're going to have, uh, you know probably a better defense opposite you in terms yeah. of personnel. I wonder about playing the with more NFL players. players. Yeah. And look, I will say we were very wrong in our bowl picks. When we said Michael Mayer's not there, they're not going to be yeah, able to do anything plays. offensively. Yeah, they, they Tyler Buckner looked great too. So I don't know yeah. what happens with him now at this point, but he probably it, enters the portal. We, yeah. He put some good tape out there for sure. Yeah. yeah. And the rest of their, uh, I mean, the running backs we already knew, like estimate we knew was very good, but, I feel like their other skill guys showed up in that game in ways that maybe we hadn't seen them. Yeah. And I don't know if that was just Drew Pine and Michael Mayer had that connection and that's they were going to lean on that. But Sam Hartman comes in with no preconceived notions. He's going to spread it well, around. Well, here's the I thing guess. that I thought was most interesting about this is that Notre Dame signed, I think, the number nine class this year. Mm-hmm. And they had two fives. They're the only top 10 class in this cycle that doesn't have a five-star running uh, prospect in it. And there was some with it, what happened with Peyton Bowen and Keon Keeley. They had two top end five-star prospects committed at some point that they didn't, they didn't right. get, which I think is, is kind of a tough pill to swallow. Cause it looked like for a minute there that Marcus Freeman was going to bring in a, a higher, yeah. but this is a recruiting win. Absolutely. So you, so like, if you, also, I'm not as worried about running backs. Like if you miss out a five-star running back, you can find a three-star running back who can play like a five-star. Yeah, it's not like offensive tackle. Which is why there's so many, tackle. there's so few of yeah. them. Though. That's why there aren't that many of yeah. them. Yeah, because they're they're like when like it's Ruben like Owens the draft. It's the same thing. They yeah. they do their star system based on the draft, which is why you see so few five star tight ends. You just don't see first round tight ends very often. And if you are the type of uh, freak that will turn into one, like Deuce Robinson, who's mm-hmm. we're waiting on his decision, who is built like you know yeah. that type of we're, player. We're probably going to see two. Two first round tight ends this Michael year. Michael Mayer and, and, and Washington. In Washington. So, Washington. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, that that's a, a recruiting win at a time where it felt like they could use one and getting the arguably the best quarterback in the portal. Like, it might not be a fact, but it's I think arguably he's got the best record of anybody. Like, his, his, a big pure, recruiting win. his pure record is better. Uh, and, and we don't know what's going to happen with Spencer Sanders yet. It's no, that's way up in the air. I mean, Oklahoma State has all kinds of stuff going on with guys jumping into the portal and all those receivers jumped in this week. And so, because there were rumors that Sanders might be coming back, but then, then you see everybody jump in and it's like it Spencer Sanders. So does, it, does it make sense? The, like hand over mouth laughing emoji and then deletes it. Yeah. If you're a quarterback though, do you want to sign up somewhere immediately or do you, is there like benefit or risk to waiting to win guys after spring football inevitably jump? The problem with waiting till after spring football is you don't have spring football to learn the offense. And I think if you can go into to spring practice with a good chance of winning the starting job in spring practice, that's, that's probably your waiting. best shot. And Sam Hartman, I don't think Sam Hartman's going to Notre Dame without. I don't think there's a sh- you know you don't have to make explicit assurances, but there's probably a wink, wink, nod, nod, like you are a presumed starter here. Yeah, right. And, you know, he because he had other options. Uh, it'll be interesting too because we, have we seen a legitimate power five starter transfer and then not start? Has that happened yet? No, there there have been guys who had the job and lost it. Like well, with Notre Dame, Malik Zaire yeah. had the job, got hurt, didn't win the job, and and ended up transferring to Florida and didn't win the job at Florida either. Right, but you, and Emory Jones transferred. He got the Arizona State job, but then he yeah, lost he it. That's right, and then he lost it. Yeah. Right? So I mean it. It's not been where there was a guy who started a bunch and then transferred and then just yeah, disappeared. a guy who started a bunch, everybody's raving about in the portal, goes to a new school and then loses the job in fall camp. Right. And doesn't play at all. Like, I, I, I'm very curious if that's ever going to happen. Oh, Joe Milton, uh, BSC in the chat, brings up. Now, he did win the job, but he lost it. But he was not going to get the job at Michigan. But Joe Milton wasn't the type of player we're talking about yet because right. he hadn't played. Right. He he had not been a star at Michigan a that first there. year. Yeah. And now he might start this year, right? So <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, hold me back. I'm ready. I'm ready to declare him the 2023 Heisman winner right now. Our guy who we only projected 
on talent and physical traits alone. Yep. Anthony Richardson. Yep. Was a bad read for a Heisman bet, but I see him in the top 15 of every mock draft I've ever seen. He's not this, going in the top 15. You don't 15. think so? Nope. Every single I'm, one I, I I'm, see. I'm saying like that Giggle. right now. I, I am happy to say Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper. I'm sorry. I don't know who you're talking to. That ain't happening. Because it's only going to get like if it's happening now, it's only going to get more. We've done this already, but it's only going to get more uh, popular once he goes through the combine. and tears Oh, yeah. The, the drills there. Oh, the Andy Staples show computer laptop organized win Nexus, by the way, with Sam Hartman and Notre Dame. Uh, Malcolm McDonald says clearly the number two seed. I don't know. I think they might have to be number one. We or we have to do an ass clown rankings after the national championship game and ask clown final ranking absolutely and then we'll do god it's a whole new year and a whole new uh, oh yeah new horizon to paint oh, so, i mean yeah, arch I is coming <laughs> I mean, texas might have to be i was one. telling my wife this the other day actually but the college football calendar the way that it's set up it goes by so fast because it you know you have the season from late august to yeah. To sh- mid January, shortest now. season of any of the big sports, and then all of a sudden you have National Signing Day mm-hmm. on the twentieth of December or around there, yep. and then February. Then you get through Signing Day. Then there's like what a, a month or six weeks before spring football starts. Yep. That's last six weeks, and you get your two months or six weeks of the year where there isn't much happening. But now that the portal's open and all this stuff, you don't really know. And then you're right back into the season again. There's no prolonged. There's always something happening. And it's like now. We have a two-month window or a three-month window or even longer of just NBA free agency in our sport now. It's it's going to be crazy, and yeah. it will affect the Ask Clown rankings. We're, we're going like to have to do more Ask Clown Monday. Rankings. There's only two teams left to play, and like there's four news items. There, there's a ton, and there's yeah. one more we got to get to. Bobby Petrino yeah, oh at Texas A&M. I wrote a column. That's saying, why he's wearing this shirt, by the way. Yeah, this yeah. is, this is my, my Aggie maroon right here. Uh, I wrote a column saying that the, basically there are three criteria for this job. And it's you got to be able to run a functional offense in 2023. There's a lot of people who fit that bill. You have to have enough juice so that if Jimbo Fisher says, I'm taking play calling back, you can tell him where to stick it. There are very few people who fit that bill. And then number three is you have to be willing to take the job. And then there are really not many people who fit that bill. And it may just be Bobby Petrino. Yeah, my understanding is that there was a quarterback in this class that uh, was going to go to A&M or wanted to go to a Yes. And the assurance from, I think this is out there. Everyone knows this, but I'll try to be fascinating about it. Jimbo said, don't worry. We're still running our show or my offense. My offense. Now, that was a negative. Here's the, right. And then the, the quarterback the went quarterback elsewhere. took that as a negative. Yes. Jimbo took that as a positive. But here's so the what thing. is it? Which one is it? If it's Bobby Petrino, the bones of their offenses structurally are very similar. So, if you're Jimbo, you can go, I am We are running my offense. We're running generally the same offense, but there'll be a different person calling it, different philosophy, different way of molding it around the players and what they do. And, you know, if you look at Bobby Petrino quarterbacks through the years, Brian Brom, Tyler Wilson, Lamar Jackson, they look like the offense was easy to them. When is the last time Jimbo Fisher's offense looked easy to a Jimbo Fisher quarterback? Yeah. Jameis. Yeah. Well, and if they can make it look easy for Connor, I think we saw some. some. Oh, we definitely saw some flashes from Connor Wegman that suggest he could be a very good quarterback. Now, here's the thing. I just want the SEC Network show that is the feed of their offensive meeting room. Because these two forget hard knocks, are put that on HBO. Oh my god, <laughs> these two are very strong personalities. They are very stubborn, both of them. It's going to be something. The first time they disagree. Yeah, the, the question I think that everybody has is that Bobby Petrino has his reputation. Absolutely, DJ Durkin has his reputation. Mm-hmm. Di- Texas A and M, different, different things. types of things, yeah. but they have reputations. Yeah. Texas A and M as a university has a stereotype slash reputation for just trying to buy their way into winning right? right and then you put all these things together in one and it makes it seem like well on the surface you could like totally come to a, a reasonable understanding that maybe this could work but then when you put all the pieces together it's like can you buy your way to where AM wants to go by putting these types of cooks in the kitchen well that's the question uh, this can work this can also blow up spectacularly and hilariously. 
And as, as Bill Connolly pointed out after I tweeted my column, both of those things could happen. It can work, work and then it can blow up spectacularly and hilariously. Yeah. Like the, this, this is not one does not preclude the other. Well, I mean, here's the thing I'll say. Thank you, Texas A&M, for giving us another year of stuff to talk about. Oh, my so gosh. Excited, it's going to be know? incredible. Now, look, if their offense works, it could be pretty good. Yeah. Anthony Lucas went in the transfer portal, the defensive tackle. We'd been told that might happen. players now. It, I'm not that freaked out about I'm it. I'm not because, either. No. Because I had, I had my list of guys that if I saw any of those guys in the portal, then I'd say you can panic. And none of those guys. Are and they the also got Tony Grimes to come in. So I'm excited to right. see what that looks like. But, too, but so. my list was yeah. Connor Wegman, Evan Stewart, Shamar Stewart, Walter Nolan. Yeah. Who am I missing? There's a couple. Uh, oh, uh, uh, LT Walter Overton. Nolan was the, yeah, that's right. LT Overton. Like if any of those guys had shown up in the portal, I'd be like, okay, you can smash that panic button. But they didn't. Yeah, no, it seems like the majority of their class from last year is there. Um, they brought in a few transfers that are exciting. And, you know, hey, it. <laughs> I'm looking at my watch here and it looks like it's 2023. Yep. So it's time to start the hype train. Like when is the hype train leaving the station? Cause I'm, I mean, the in the Ascon rankings, we're, are we going to put them number th- three? The, the problem is, do we put them above Texas or below Texas? Um, above. You sure about that? Texas has arch. That's why it's insulting to them. I know, but don't we need to insult the Aggies too? No, the Aggies are the perfect pond to make everyone. Angry. Oh, okay, okay. There's I always got one team. That I got is, you. Ag- it's like Notre Dame. Yeah. So Notre Dame and Texas A&M Notre are. Dame, yeah, it'll be Notre Dame, Alabama, Texas A&M. If, if, Texas. if we were playing yeah. chess, Notre Dame and Texas A&M would be our queens. Yeah, yeah. They, they are the most versatile and do the most one. things. Yeah, Texas yeah. A&M seems to get under everyone's skin. Okay, so they can. We have to make A&M fans happy as the sacrifice to make everybody else mad. All right, this makes more sense. Okay, well, so that that's what we'll do. Not making this official yet because we have to run the numbers through the computer. Because yeah. obviously the, the Ascon rankings are determined I mean, by computer. You can't do it until the we have all the final stats of the season that we'll get after the national title. Yes. So, but but if I had to guess, Notre Dame number one, Texas A and M number two. Yeah, I think that sounds great. Then Alabama, then Texas. All right, guys, <laughs> we are going to go explore Los Angeles. You're going to see quite a bit of stuff from us late week over the weekend going into Monday's national championship game. As we preview this game, we're gonna have a lot of fun out here. You're coming with us. Talk to you again real soon.